allowing, asking me to leave or letting me leave tonight um, um, because this is my OA birthday month. Uh, and I, of course, I chose the last Tuesday because I was hoping to reach the 100 pound mark before I led tonight's meeting and uh, not quite there, but um, I usually only weigh the first of the month, but I did weigh in anticipation of today. And I'll qualify this by saying that I've been abstinent from recreational sugar for since June 1st of 2020. I am down 43 pounds, 42 pounds in this abstinence, 97 pounds from my top weight. And what it was like, I've been fat all of my life, except for when I was premature, born premature at 28 weeks. I weighed two pounds, four ounces. My brother used to brag about the fact that he could hold me in the palm of his hand. I don't think he can do it now. I'm going to try something that I haven't done before. I'm going to try showing pictures. So let's, here we go. I have to share screen and show a before picture. Let me just get there. Okay, this isn't working. It worked before, right, guys? All right, here, I did a trial run. There we go. Can you guys see that? No. Nope. Okay, let me try again. Sorry. Nope, that's me here. Now, can you see it? Yes, yeah. now you can see it. So this is my before picture. I've got lots of these pictures because like I said, I've been fat all my life. And, but this one really seems to show how I felt uh, at most of my adult life, like I was being swallowed by my fat. And um, so that's the before. And this is, I don't really take a lot of pictures now, but I'll show my current picture. Well, roughly <laughs> picture. That's me now. Um, and I come from a large, can you guys see it or no? Did you see the, no, okay. <laughs> Let me try one more time. I won't do this again, that's for sure, okay. Uh. No, it's so complicated for me. I don't know what the problem is. Okay, one more time. Did it not work? Here. Now, can you see? Nope. Nope. Okay, hold on. All right. All right, that's me now. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Two pictures. All right. So I come from a large family. There are eight of us. There were eight of us in our family. I was number seven, and my parents did the best they could to take care of us. You know, they showed that they loved us by making sure we were never um, without food. They weren't the most demonstrative family, but we never were deprived of anything we wanted. We had no restrictions on what we could eat. When I was a kid, my sister and I used to go with my mother to the grocery store and pick out the cereal and whatever we wanted to drink. And as kids, of course, that was always going to be something loaded with sugar. So clearly early on in life, sugar was my, my drug of choice. And I learned early on two things in life. I'm not sure how that was kind of instilled in me, but to be a good girl just meant that I had to be fairly self-sufficient. I just didn't rock the boat. I didn't make waves. I, I did what I was told and I was a good girl. Um, and I suppressed any kind of feelings I had. And the best way for me to suppress those feelings was through the uh, food, through sugar, because I learned early on that 
the sugar helped to kind of suppress anything I was feeling. Um, because even as a child, I felt as if there was something missing in life. You know, I felt like there was a void when we would get these Christmas presents. My parents would work hard to make sure we had a good Christmas. We had a good birthday. Uh, I always felt that there was something missing, but I, you know, as a good girl, I wouldn't want to bring up the fact that I felt I was, I had a void there. So I use food a lot and especially sugar. I was a chubby child most of my adult life. I remember shopping in the Husky department at the Sears department store and those those green jeans you can buy because they were the kind that you would last for the whole school year because you, you know your thighs rubbing together for most of the kinds of pants would wear them out so quickly, but not those husky jeans. Um, I remember once in fourth grade, I had a teacher who was trying to teach the concept of averages and he made us all go around the classroom. So this is where I was aware that I was larger than all the other kids in the class. He made us go around and tell us, tell our weights. Um, and the person, um, one of the people in the class who was clearly about 20 pounds, I don't know, maybe 10 pounds or 15 pounds less than I was, I used the same weight she did. And I said, isn't that something that we weigh the same amount? Who was I fooling? <laughs> you could say I weighed more than that person. Um, because at that time I could still feel like there was some shame associated with my size and that I continued to gain weight. When I was 16, I weighed probably about 180 pounds then, and I was planning on going off to college. And that was the very first time I honestly remember thinking about wanting to diet. And so I was watching late night television and I saw an advertisement for, uh, Overeaters Anonymous. And it was a place you could go to uh, lose weight and keep it off. That's what I heard of the commercial. I went to this basement church. This was in Philadelphia. I saw some women sitting, I think it was primarily women or people sitting in a circle chanting about God. I said, oh, this is a cult. And I don't even think I made it for the whole meeting I left. Um, somehow that seed was planted and I kind of popped in and out over the next 30 years. Well, first I went to college and I took up jogging. That was um, something I did early on in college. And that's when I got down to my smallest weight ever. I weighed like 145 pounds. Uh, and it seemed like it was just a weekend because I started getting attention from guys and it made me very unconscious. And I quickly put on my fat shield and regained all the weight that I'd lost and continue to gain weight throughout my life. Um, and I would go away periodically whenever I just had that, that sense of desperation again and I'd stay for a little while. I never really did the work. I remember one time going to a meeting and um, introducing myself as a newcomer and as quickly tried to get out of the meeting, someone came up to me and just hugged me and said, keep coming back and it, it made me cry. And so when I got to my car, I turned off the radio because I'd never heard myself cry as an adult. And it's just, I wanted to hear what it sounded like. I lived my life with by governing by the three Fs, fear, food, and fantasy. I was afraid of everything, you know, and that's still something I work on, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of um, just whatever, intimacy, fear of, reject, fear of rejection. And so I would um, use food to suppress, like I said, as a child, these started then and continued through my adult life, suppress these feelings, these feelings. And then I would fantasize about this amazing life I was going to have, you know, once I got thin. And that day just never happened. It never came. Um, I almost got to 300 pounds and I finally went back to OA. Seriously, I went to the weighing and measuring version of that and I lost 90 pounds. It was amazing. Um, and then I was on a plane one time and they passed out the cookies and I had been on planes before, but for some reason I ate that cookie and it started a 
it was the beginning of a 15 year relapse. Even when I ate the cookie though, I knew, okay, something, even though I was trying to convince myself, don't panic, it's just a cookie. But I knew something had clicked and it triggered just um, that craving again. And I um, kept saying I'd start back tomorrow and tomorrow didn't come again for another 15 years. Uh, in March of 2017, I had gotten up to my top weight of 310 pounds. And when I went to see my doctor, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And although I had thought about doing the gastric bypass surgery at 300 pounds before, uh, when I had lost the 90 pounds, I decided I didn't want to do that. But at 310 with diabetes, that was the last straw. I lost 10 pounds prior to gastric bypass surgery. And then I had the gastric bypass surgery in November of 2017. I lost another 80 pounds in five months. And it was as close to me um, as going to bed fat and waking up thin as I could ever think of having or experience I could think of having because I couldn't eat sugar. You know, if I ate sugar in the first five months, I would have, I because I did try one time by mistake, it was like this coconut yogurt thing that had so much sugar in it. I had terrible, terrible digestive problems. So I didn't eat sugar at first, but then after five months, I could eat a little sugar, just a little bite of something. And I found myself gaining weight back. First, it was just five pounds and I didn't panic because it was just five pounds. I'm still down 85 pounds from my top, top weight. Then it was another five pounds. And next thing I knew I had regained 20 pounds. And I was very close to becoming one of those people I said I'd never be, which is someone who had the gastric bypass surgery and gained all the weight back. By, uh, that was January of 2020. I was up 20 pounds from my, um, of the weight that I had lost. And so I started working out again. And I wasn't, I didn't lose more weight, but I wasn't, because I was still eating sugar, but at least I didn't gain any more weight. But then the pandemic hit. And I wasn't able to go to the gym anymore. And I gained another 10 pounds, you know, just in the height of all of the craziness of the pandemic. Uh, and then um, I was really getting very panicky as I, I just felt like I was spiraling. I just couldn't stop gaining the weight. And that brought me back to OA seriously this time. And I felt this sense of panic. I couldn't stop eating the sugar. I started going to the meetings and these were virtual meetings. I got a sponsor right away and I didn't really know anything about this sponsor except the fact that she was also a hundred pounder and um, her process was slow, <laughs> very slow and very loving. And, you know, I heard people talking about working the steps and I said, okay, well, I need to work the steps and I need to go to a, re, a meeting or a workshop that taught me how to work the steps. And she kept saying to me, we're working the steps, don't worry about it. And, but I wanted to work them faster, you know? So I would find different meetings that um, were talking about doing the step workshops or step studies. And I would bring them to her because um, I was still gaining weight because I couldn't stop eating the chocolate, especially the chocolate. Because at my work, I would have a little bowl that had the chocolates in it that I wasn't going to eat. I was just going to give them to the, you know, have them available for people to come who came by my office. And I was finding myself eating them every five, every three hours, I'd say. So three to four a day, I was eating these chocolates and couldn't stop. And once again, I finally talked to my sponsor and I said, okay, I found this other big book study workshop. And she just said to me, this is June 1st of 2020, Andriette, stop. And I was struck abstinent. From then on, I, and you know, I haven't had a desire to eat uh, recreational sugar and it doesn't call to me. 
you know, I still had that little bowl with the chocolates in it in my office. It could be a bowl of rocks. And I, and I just have no interest in them. It's an absolute miracle. And this is my reminder that there's a power greater than myself because it's definitely not me that's keeping me from the chocolates. And it makes me laugh sometimes when my um, office mates say things like, oh, she doesn't eat sugar. <laughs> Who are they talking about? They're talking about me. So um, it was just, it's, it's been a miracle for me. What it's like now for me, I'm, I'm really a work in progress. I wish I could say, so I stopped eating the chocolate and all of a sudden, or the sugar, and all of a sudden everything just fell into place. I just, I developed the willingness. I connected with a higher power and, you know, no, that's not it at all. I just, I'm, I'm one of those slow learners. And I've heard that shared in a meeting before that, you know, um, no, no, that's in the meeting is true. I'm not a slow learner. I'm a quick forgetter, you know, so I may remember something that was shared today, but all of a sudden tomorrow I need that reminder again of what's going on. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for me to surrender and to um, acknowledge that I'm powerless over something because in my family, you know, I'm the one who gets things done. I'm the one who knows how to push and push. And I say pushing through the no, right? If someone tells me no, it's like a trigger for me to push a little harder. <laughs> um, it reminds me of our vice president who said, um, she was quoted as saying, I eat no for, for breakfast. And I love that thinking because for me, it just represents um, everything that I've always attributed to being strong and perseverance, you know, it's the kind of qualities I want to have. And in so many situations, it's worked for me in my life and how I've gotten through my career, I've gotten to the places I wanted to get to. Um, because if you just tell me no, it's a trigger for me. But when it comes to food, it doesn't work that way. You know, I have no control over, you know, that first compulsive bite, bite because if I did, honestly, I wouldn't be coming to these meetings, you know. Um, um, so two years without recreational sugar is clearly not me, right? That's definitely God. And it's only been through this program that I started this, this spiritual awakening, I call it, because I'm recognizing, I'm recognizing now that so many of the other things that I've taken credit for in my life, you know, the, uh, complications I've had are, I mean, not the complications, but the successes that I've had are really just God, you know, but God, my higher power is not, you know, braggadocious and boastful. It's just very quietly in the background, making sure I'm making the choices that are best for me and letting me take the credit. It's okay, but things are getting done. And I recognize this is a higher power in my life that I'm not even always aware of. So how I keep my gift, my abstinence of recreational sugar that's helped me to get off the 43 pounds, 42 pounds in the past two years uh, is truly a gift. And how I keep it is, you know, part of my, my routine and my meditation to stay connected with my higher power. So the biggest thing I do is I just take direction from my sponsor. I don't have the answers. I don't have to try to figure it out. I tell her what's going on. She tells me what to do and I do it. <laughs> That's really, for me, that's amazing. Uh, it's just amazing. I take directions and I'm finding that I'm starting to do that more in other areas of my life as well. And it, it works. Um, so I have a morning meditation I do and my meditation is short because I, you know, with my ADD, I can't meditate for long periods of time. So about a minute I can do with just breathing in and out for six seconds, you know, breathing in God and God's love and breathing out the fear and the frustration and resentments I might have. And I have an abstinence prayer that I recite every morning um, 
I list the three things that I'm grateful for. I get to meetings almost every day of the week because meetings are important to me. They keep me connected um, to my program, to my recovery. And I, you know, although I'm not in the sugar because and it doesn't call to me, I still have compulsive food behaviors that I'm working through. And recently I've started working out a little bit more, you know, walking and it's just triggering this hunger that I haven't had since my gastric bypass surgery. And so I just have this restlessness where I'm walking around in my kitchen, just finding things to munch on like that Pac-Man game. You just kind of munch on the dots and I just find things, a handful of cashews, a few crackers or something like that. Just munching around because there's this restlessness that my sponsor is helping me to just make that connection. This is the time where I have to pause and just connect with my higher power because I don't have to just do it in my morning meditation. I have to do it throughout the day. Um, and I like how I'm now starting to incorporate, you know, my higher power support in just all of my affairs, especially when I want to be in control. <laughs> I'm just in control of something. Where I am right now in my recovery is um, I'm on step four. And sometimes I can get frustrated with the fact that my process and my recovery is very slow. <laughs> and if I talk to other people who, who've gotten abstinent around the same time, I've gotten abstinent and I see that they've finished their, you know, the 12 steps and then maybe working on their step four the second time, you know, I remind myself of something else I heard in the program that comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, and so here's the whole thing. I'm on step four. So what, this is where I am in my recovery process. And it doesn't have to look like someone else's recovery process because it's working for me. And when she gave me the list and she says, okay, you have to do your resentments. Here's this worksheet. And with the worksheet, there are five columns. And she says, take a, you know, these columns. I want you to take this paper and make 20 copies of it because you're going to have to have enough space to kind of write out all your resentments. And I told her, oh, I don't have that many resentments. I just probably only have four or five. And um, she just listened and she says, and I want you to take this paper and make 20 copies of it because you're going to put about three or four on each page. She just repeated the whole thing to me. And I'm laughing because um, as I'm working on the resentments, I, I've got like 19 pages or no, like 14 pages of resentments already because I live in resentment. You know, someone's told me what to do. Someone's tried to direct me to do something differently. And it just triggers a lot of this resentment because you're telling me no. Um, and it's just another example of it, my way doesn't work, you know, and I've tried my way. I haven't gotten uh, nearly as far. So what's interesting about the bypass surgery is that I don't like I, except for recently, I don't never really had hunger, physical hunger before. So when I am feeling like I want to eat, it's always just this time where I'm neither feeling restless or, you know, something else is going on. And I'm learning in this program to pause and just connect with my higher power because that's the time when I can say, okay, I want to eat what's really going on or use the tools. You know, there's someone in program who is, does great service for me because when she feels like that, she's, she, you know, she'll make an outreach call to me. And I love seeing how that works. And it does work when you just kind of reach out to someone in program when you're feeling this way, because we get it. We understand what's, what's going on in that. And we, I at least know when someone's calling me with that, I don't have to fix it. I just have to listen. And that's how another way I can be of service is that just listening when someone's making the call or if something's going on for me, when I am of service, you know, I don't have to be upset about that. I can make a call and it's not about what's happening with me anymore. I can be of service to someone else. And these are things I'm learning in program 
that I can use in life in general. Recently, I had a friend who had probably has my disease. I'm not doing her inventory, but she had quadruple bypass surgery. And I went and spent some time with her after her surgery. And rather than trying to fix everything, you know, that was going on with her life, I didn't have to do that. I could just be of service to kind of do the basic things there. As I lost the weight, I told you I'm down like 97 pounds from my top weight. And so another thing that I found has helped me in the program is, you know, that book that we have on body acceptance. I think it's, let me see what it's called. Um, body image relationships and sexuality. And so there's some passages in there that I, you know, I love to read because it just, it shows me that people in this program get it. That yes, even though the, the, the weight is gone, the saggy skin I comes finished. up. Thank you. The saggy skin is there for me. And I had cataract surgery early this year. So the things that I couldn't see before I can see now, which are a lot of the wrinkles in the saggy skin. And I just have to, over time, it doesn't happen overnight, but just I'm becoming more and more just accepting of my body. There was someone who I think it might've been at this meeting shared how, you know, she has lost a lot of weight and she has opted to not have surgery for her saggy skin because it's, she uses it as an opportunity when she's reaching for something in a, in a store and someone sees the skin folds in her arm and asks her about her weight. She uses it as an opportunity to 12-step someone into program to explain how she's recovered. And I said, wow, that's, that's impressive that she's there. Uh, am I always there? Not really. <laughs> but, you know, I like coming to the meetings and hearing stories about how people are using their program, not only for their recovery, but to kind of help other people in their recovery as well. Um, so I'm really grateful for my recovery, my abstinence and for my willingness. And even though my process is slow, I, I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm not going anywhere. And that's someone else shared them. I don't have any of these things that I've made up myself. These are lots of isms that I've heard in the program that you know one of the things that you I'll, I'm going to abstain from is leaving and I'm not going to leave. And I, unless my sponsor tells me I'm not starting over, I'm just continuing to work the program. I'd love to work the steps faster, um, but I don't have to. I'm happy now with the, where I am in my life and my recovery. And I love seeing, you know, my aha moments. One of the things I was thinking as I said about this morning, as a matter of fact, that I was saying, oh, I have to say 97 pounds. I can't say 100 but then I was thinking that I've been at this same, about this same weight now for the past five or six months, you know, and not gaining and losing 10 pounds. I'm just kind of here I am. And it's just in a steady, slow, downward slope. And that's a miracle as well that, you know, I'm not doing this yo-yoing in either. So I, I think that's all I have to share. Um, and thanks for the service.